Hello and welcome to the Re Entertainment Podcast, episode 359 for July 17th, 2022. My name is Nathan Reeton Spruth. Joining me this week, we have Connor the Cyberpunk Monk. Hey, 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 what's going on, everybody? It is Reeton and the Punk. Don't change that dial. We've got another podcast for you. Uh, I should do the whole show like this. Con- Connor is, is auditioning for our, our upcoming radio station. That's right. We're um, going to be coming to you live 24-7. T-Restrial Radio. T-T-T-T-T-Restrial Radio. I can make my own sounds. I don't even need a board. You can do that, by the way. Like, it actually starting, like, an internet radio channel is not very hard or expensive. Because uh, I've How looked into How do you get it. rights to radio? I feel like that would, like, for, I guess you just want to do music. You would just do, like, talk radio, I guess, right? No, 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 no. No, you can do, you can, like... You can license music through like internet radio sites for for relatively cheap. So uh, you'd you'd host your own radio station. You'd be like, and here's local one hundred one point one. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> They're and, already on the radio. I'm just I, it's it's like when you go to Twitch and you host somebody, but you'd say that's your station. No, 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 no. So you can license the music and play your own stuff. Like, play the stuff that's there. Like, it has a library that you can go through and play. I want to make a radio station, but only get the rights to one song. <laughs> and, <laughs> now, and, and now we have Spin You Right Round Baby. Oh, that'd be a good one, too. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. Is a, this has been a fun Marin Open. What, what do we do on this podcast? What are we doing here today? Uh, we talk about uh, video games and tech news, theoretically. Theoretically, Theoretically, that's what we do. Yeah. Uh, but first off, I need to ask you where we can find you. You could find me in all of my relevant social media links at aroa.website, A R O A H dot website. Uh, one of those links that I would love to draw your attention to is Clinton's Core Classics, the Rise of the Rune Lords first edition actual play first podcast. You can check it out wherever podcasts are found. We are on a break as we are entering our sixth and final season of that show. And I would be delighted if you would. Uh, Check it out wherever you check out podcasts. Yeah, do it. And, of course, you can find me, Nathan Rain Spruth. Uh, I'm on Aroa.website as well. Aroa will be back shortly. Uh, t- not next week, but the week after, I think. I think that's how it works, because he's, he's off for four weeks. And he'll be back next week. You can find me at Aroa.website, or you can find me at Reeton everywhere. I'm on Twitter at Reeton. I'm on Twitch at Reeton, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific Time to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. I also release this podcast every Sunday on YouTube. You can find me at, uh, I believe it's youtube.com forward slash Reeton Entertainment. Anyway, what games have you played this week? Well, I, um, I'm not proud about this. Well, let me get my laundry list out of the way first. I played a little bit of Space Station 13. That was okay. Um been doing a whole bunch of reading been doing a whole bunch of painting but you, you know what i started playing this week is uh and i know you know but uh i know i started playing league of legends again 2012 2012 and is back it's it's the year 2012 again looking at my stats it looks like that was the last time i played that was like the last time i unlocked an icon for example yeah yeah i think mine was 2013 so a little so, bit after that 
So I'm, I'm going to spoil what you played this week just a little bit. You and I decided to play together this week on Friday, and I was like, oh, that was fun. I had a lot of fun playing this. And then I've played it for like two or three hours every day since, which means that the amount of time that I spend playing video games is like tripled, maybe even quadrupled since I downloaded the stupid game on Friday. I have a podcast to edit. I have an army to build, man. You can't do this to me. I'm sorry. I mean, it is, it's a fun game. I think it's... The, the problem that we both had, um, which I think I might have played it after 2013, but not for very long, because I had a friend, and like his girlfriend only, she doesn't play very many games, and so she wanted to play League, and so we played League. Um, but the, the problem is the community, really. Uh, and I don't know if the community's gotten better, but the people I played with, that you had played with, were fine. Like they, they, we, but we were doing bot matches and so it didn't really matter because playing against bots is easy mode. Even, even when they're at the hardest difficulty, it's easy mode. Um, had, did you play against any actual people? God, no, that sounds awful. <laughs> no, I've been playing a whole bunch against bots. Like I've played every character that I used to play in. Some of them have changed dramatically. Most of them have just like, I get it, you know, the, the fun mechanics can't stay fun forever. you got to have a balanced game. Nocturne doesn't have an alt that takes you halfway across the map anymore. Malzahar doesn't drop portals that do ridiculous amounts of damage when you get hit in them. Well, that's but I, I get it. I get it. It's a it's a game that requires balance. And like trying to, to force your hand in a glove that no longer fits, I've sort of been making the adjustments to to grow with the game and to, instead of trying to force what it used to be. Yeah. The and community is a little bit better as far as like the interactions that I've been having and planning with people. I have had a couple of people who insist that if we're not playing the way that they need to play to, to get fed, that we're doing it wrong. Yeah. And it's, it's real easy to mute people. Yeah. I just, I just ignore those people. Um, did you play anything else? I'm trying to think in my head if I did. I don't think so. I downloaded the Shadowrun games on Switch because I pre-ordered them and I was like, oh yeah, I have a Switch. I haven't actually played it yet. I've, I've been playing League of Legends and painting. I have Shadowrun, I believe all the Shadowrun games, the, the, not the original ones, but the Shadowrun... Uh, Returns, Returns, Dragonfall, and Hong Kong. Yeah, those ones are on Game Pass. Oh, nice. uh, yeah, actually, a buddy of mine told me that. And and he told me that it was hard to play with the controller. I bet. Uh, I, I, I've tried to play those games, and I think they just start out slow. Uh, but, I, and I guess the first one, Shadowrun Returns, is actually, uh, it's the worst one out of all three. And so yeah, the, like it's it's still worth playing. It's yeah. definitely the one that starts the slowest, and mm -hmm. it's probably the one that progresses the least, like dramatically. Like it's got a cool story, and it's definitely related to like the history of the world, uh, that the Shadowrun world that is not our world. Yeah, but you're not doing Dragonfall stuff. You're not doing Hong Kong stuff. There's cooler games that you could be playing if you need to. Yeah, uh, but of course, nothing holds the candle to the original Shadowrun games for the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. Because those are the best I games. I love the Super Nintendo Shadowrun game. They're so dumb. They're, they're so they're, they're cheesy. They're People hard. talk like they're written. And they're they're notoriously Nintendo hard. But after watching somebody speed run it and 
turn what looks like a difficult game into a cheese fest. But like any other old game, you kind of just have to learn how to use the mechanics and then how to exploit the mechanics. Yeah. So uh, this has been the Retro Hour with uh, Reeton and Cyberpunk, where but, we talk about games that came out in 2012. Yeah, well, did, is that when that game came out? When, when Shadowrun Returns? Shadowrun Returns? Probably, I'm going to look it up right now, but that sounds about right. I want to say it was a bit later. I want to say it was like 2014. 2013? One We're year always, off. We are always one year off. Um, the reason I kind of vaguely remember, I actually kickstarted Shadowrun Returns, so you can thank me. And me alone for bringing Shadowrun Returns back. You were the one that made a difference. That I was the one. Anyway, we're going to move on. Uh, if you don't have any other games you played. No, I don't. Uh, I played Shadow. Uh, not Shadowrun. I played Warhammer. Oh, did you? Do you, do you yeah. want me to run the thing? No. Okay. A uh, buddy of mine is building a new army. So I was like, could I play your old army and try it against your new army? So he brought like a luggage's worth of army with like he came in with boxes then he left and came in with more boxes it was kind of ridiculously funny and what we what, what we tried to do is play a big game but what really happened is he was super late and we only had like an hour before uh, D for the night so we didn't get to play a full game but in that time i got to use his army in ways that i've been telling like Kind of like an annoying person in League of Legends being like, you should play like this. I bet it would be cool if you did this. I kind of just got to like show him how I do it. And I think that that clicked the light bulb for him. So yeah. I'm excited for the next time I play that army. I, I think I I think I revealed some things to him that he wasn't quite seeing just yet before. Good. And we're going to move on to me. Uh, I am going to tell you that uh, last night I went to the movies with a friend and I got so so today I am drinking. Um, the I we went to Walmart afterwards and I got the marshmallow limited edition Coca Cola flavor. And that when sounds I, disgusting. When I say Not marshmallow, I mean the the composer, the EDM artist. I think he is that. And and the marshmallow flavor is watermelon and strawberry, which. It's not which is not marshmallow flavor. I don't know why. Um, I just thought it was funny. So, um, the games I played this week on Monday I played Overcooked Two because I have a friend who uh, that we all know, Roguish Bard, and they're like, "You should play Overcooked. We could play that as as a team." And I was like, "Cool, it's a co op game. I'll do that." And I started it up, and as I was starting it up. Uh, Roguish Bard had not installed the game, so uh-huh. I had like an hour uh, that where I had to had to actually play the game by myself. And her computer uh, still uses a spinning disk, so it started up. It starts up slow, which is always annoying. So it took like an hour before before she was able to join. And I was playing the game, and the way that you play it is you have two chefs. And you're kind of managing, and, and how you're supposed to do it is work together to make the the food. If you just have one person, you can. There's two different ways to play. You can either swap between the characters by pressing left bumper, and then you fully control that character. Or you can split your D-pad in half, and the left side controls the left character, and the right side controls the right character. 
And that would make the game incredibly difficult to do. Um, I never tried it with the, the split controller. And so what I did was I just played by myself and swapped between the characters with left bumper. And once uh, Roguish Bard came in, uh, we were able to play our individual characters. And let me tell you, it is way easier to play a multiplayer game with two actual people. Funny how that works. Yeah. Have you ever played any of the Overcooked games? Because there's only two. No, but I did watch that stream, uh, the, the aforementioned one, wherein you were waiting for someone to show up for about an hour. And it did look quite miserable trying to coordinate two people cooking, cleaning, preparing, washing. Uh, like, like you would just finish up a task and then you'd switch to the other person and be like, okay, what am I doing? Oh, no, everything's on fire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was able to get a few missions done but it 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 was just so much easier when there's another you got person. to a point where you were cooking on a hot air balloon that was catching fire yeah there that happens um and so it's catching on fire and then that's a predetermined scene where you're cooking while it's on fire and then the airship crashes and you have to continue cooking which seems like the what I wouldn't do in that situation. I probably would stop cooking. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm I'm the weird one. Some Anywho. people like being safe. Other people like being full. Yeah, but it's a good game. Uh, I would I would recommend it if you have a person to play with. Uh, if you don't have a person to play with, maybe not the best game to play. It does have. It does have remote play like a. Uh, where you can invite somebody to your game and then uh, both of you can play uh, in the same room. Or uh, if, like, say you wanted to play it with me, which is what I actually had to do uh, with Roguish Bard eventually, which just invite you to my game and we can play over Steam with remote play together or anywhere, whatever it's called. And uh, that was that was nice. It's it, it was fun because then you don't have to buy a copy. We can just play together as friends. Now we're gonna move on. We're gonna talk about the second game I played, which was Dying Light Two, uh, which is a good game. I I like. Have you played Dying Light One? Right. I played a whole lot of Dying Light One. Like they just kept on giving me DLC, so I just kept on coming back to it, and it kept on being great. Good. I have not played two yet. Uh, it looks like uh, Dying Light 1's more vertically attuned cousin, maybe? Yeah, and I am liking it. It is an uh, open-world game. If you don't know what it is, it's an open-world uh, zombie game, basically. They're called and, Freakers. Yeah, they're called Freakers. They're called. <laughs> um, and, and you go around and you kill zombies, and they get more aggressive at night. So at nighttime, because... The zombies in this game are afraid of the light, so they're like vampires, kind of. Except for they're not really, because there are zombies on the streets at night. But, or I'm sorry, during the daytime. But at nighttime, more of the zombies come out. And so at that point, it's better for you to go and, and try to steal things from like stores where the zombies are living during the daytime. So you're kind of breaking in and and grabbing their crap while uh, they're outside hunting and stuff. So it's 
it's pretty interesting, and I think they, they probably have a similar mechanic in, in Dying Light 1. I've never actually played Dying Light 1. However, um, one thing I had a, a problem with the game was it was running great when I first started the game. And I'm, I'm running around, and everything's great, and ray tracing's on, and it's running at, like, you know, 60 to 70 frames a second. It's running, it's running awesome. And then it just started running at like 30 frames a second. And I had progressed in the game to kind of a more open point in the game. And I was like, oh, it's probably just because I'm in an open world area, right? Like it's just more demanding, especially with ray tracing on and stuff. So I finished up that stream and I changed the settings and everything was fine and running at, at 90 frames a second uh, without ray tracing on. And after that, that stream was fully over, I went on Reddit. Oh, actually, I went on Google, and I searched, and it appears everybody has that problem. Where you will play for about an hour or two with ray tracing on, and then it just kills your frame rate. And it appears... That's it. I've calculated every beat of the sun. I, I no longer need to function. Let me know yeah. when you have a new place to rent. Uh, it, it it appears that it's a memory leak. Yeah, that would make sense. I, yeah. I figured it had to do something with like optimization or, you know, it hits a certain point and then it a buffer gets full and it just, oh God, what do we do with it? Yeah, and, and people are saying that it's happening on 3070s, which is what I have, and 3080s. Um, and they're saying that it might be the VRAM is getting full and not able to dump some of that extra data and so it starts out fine and then that vram is just getting more and more full and once that's full it just kills the frame rate uh so i guess i've got to i've got to do the mod that i can get 16 gigs yeah 16 gigs of ram on my on my graphics card all can, i have to yes can you imagine if their response to this was like we are going to release a patch that fixes the ray tracing issue. And when you turn ray tracing on, it turns on like a, a, a silent hill level of fog. That would be amazing. It's got real time reflections all the way as far as the eye could see. <laughs> yes. That would be fucking hilarious. Um, there are some cool features with the ray tracing, though. So you can turn ray tracing on uh, and it looks great. And then you can turn on... Uh, your flashlight and your flashlight can actually be ray tracing on or off as well. And so if you turn ray tracing on and with that, I didn't actually notice any performance hit um, before I was running the, before it, it started running at like 30 frames a second. I thought it looked fine. So uh, I don't know why they allow you to disable and enable the flashlight one. It seems to run fine with ray tracing or it, very similar performance as you would normally get, so I'm not, I'm not quite sure on that. But it's a good game. Just so you know, if you are playing it, uh, maybe turn ray tracing off, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause your, your game to lag, unless maybe you have a 3090 with, like, 24 gigs of RAM. Like, then maybe ah, you'll be fine. Uh, you know, the 2090 or 3090 Ti is $1,500 right now. Yeah. That's uh, it's a lot of money. That's the money I don't have right now. Yeah. And I played League of Legends with you, which we already spoke about. 
It Which sure. Is, I actually had a lot of fun. We should do that again sometime. We should. Um, and then uh, also last Sunday we played Shadowrun. Uh, which you'll yeah. be able, you'll be able to listen around. to in like a year and a half. It'll be great. Probably like uh, if we stay at the pace I'm going at now, it might be like a year or something like that. Sometimes I get distracted and people don't get back to me after like a week. Yeah, that'll that's happen. not what we're going to talk about right now. No, we're going to move on and we're going to talk about stories. Story um, time. We covered Ubisoft uh, last week. Uh-huh. I, I could have said that sentence a little less jarring, but that's all right. So we covered them last week, getting rid of not just multiplayer servers, but also making it so that you can't download DLC for a bunch of the games that you paid for and, and, and all that jazz. I, get, I understand shutting down the servers. I don't like it. I don't think that you should ever shut down servers. And if you do shut down servers, uh, you, know, you know my stance on this. What, uh, I believe I've said it before, which is, Give the source code away. Force it to become abandonware. If you're not going to support it yourself and people paid for it. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Uh, open, make it open source. Let people run their own private servers. That's my, that, that's my thought on any game that gets released uh, or uh, like an MMO that gets shut down. You should make it open source and allow the community to keep it going. However, um, they are not only shutting on the servers, but they're getting rid of DLC for a bunch of games that we mentioned last week. Uh, EA, actually, EA, the good guys in this situation, are giving away free DLC for, for games in the Dragon Age and the uh, Mass Effect community, or, or series of games. So um, basically, it's saying here, Uh, In a press release, it says, Hello, we're reaching out to let you know that starting October 11th, BioWare points will no longer be available as a form of currency in the Origin store. Other currencies, like crystals and platinum and other BioWare titles, remains unaffected. 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 I don't know what crystals or platinum are in the BioWare store or or anything like that. it's, It's just EA fun bucks. Okay. To support you through this change, most DLC uh, that was previously only purchasable with Bioware points are now available free of charge. The, this includes DLCs for Dragon Age 2, Dragon Age Origin, Mass Effect 2, and Mass Effect 3, except the multiplayer packs in Mass Effect 3. For the next 90 days, you can use your Bioware points to purchase multiplayer packs for Mass Effect 3. After October 11th, 2022, multiplayer packs will only be redeemable using credits you've earned in-game. Uh, don't worry, you'll still have access to any content previously purchased using Bioware points. So, good good guys EA for, for giving away free DLC when they, they're shutting down a part of their system... And instead of saying, hey, we're going to make you pay for this with something else, they're just giving it away for free. And I know this is probably just a business move, and they they might have been planning, like, hey, we are going to, we're going to shut, this, we're going to shut this down and not allow you to buy the DLC. Uh, and it's possible they saw the reaction that Ubisoft was getting and were just like, you know what, we're just going to give it away. <laughs> That sounds like the in, the customers will hate us less if we do that. Um, what are your thoughts on this? 
I imagine if you're a company like EA and you have access to see like, oh, 12 people worldwide bought DLC for, you know, these, what is it, eight titles in total or something like that? Like, yeah, I'm sure EA is willing to do whatever it takes for anyone who's relatively interested in picking up a new game to be like, oh, we'll give you all the DLC. Come on, give us money. Give us money. You know, you want to give us money. Well, and and with with that. You look at something like Ubisoft. They're shutting down the servers for all their games, and not only, or for a bunch of their games. And not only that, they're killing the DLC for those games and not letting you get that. The, and, the timing couldn't be better. Well, yeah, the timing couldn't be better. But my thing is, when I think about it, is like this is only costing them, like making it free, only costs them bandwidth, right? Like. So EA coming out and saying, hey, we're going to make all this DLC free, it's only costing them as much money as it costs for somebody to download it. And that I mean, the money they will make in people who didn't previously own these titles, like people who are now getting into Mass Effect with the Legendary Edition might be interested in going back and, try, and maybe that's not the best example, but like it's not like these games aren't popular franchises on their own. Yeah. And any excuse for people to go back and buy what they don't already have, it seems like it'd be an obvious choice to take. Yeah. I I don't know if this actually works for the legendary editions though. Cuz the legendary editions already have all the DLC. Uh yeah, when I when I said that I kind of figured that, but Yeah. I and, and and to be fair, Dragon Age Origins uh still one of my favorite games. I haven't played it in a long time, but it was a, it was really good when it came out. And I I suggest anybody who hasn't played it that you do play it. The the main problem, the main sticking point today, honestly, is the graphics. Uh they haven't aged particularly well, and I always thought it was silly. Have you have you played through Origins? Uh I picked up Origins. I never finished it. I am like one of five people I know who didn't care for that game. I always loved when you would get into a battle and then a cutscene would start and there's just like specks of blood, like really poorly put on the characters. Uh, it, it always made me chuckle because it, it doesn't look natural. It just looks like there's red blotches on people's faces. It's great. Loved it. Anyway, um, so EA is being a good guy, giving away free DLC for multiple games. And we're going to move on. And we're going to talk about Bayonetta 3. Uh, unfortunately, Aroa's not here. I know Bayonetta's one of Aroa's, um, a game that Aroa likes. Have you played any of the Bayonetta games? Yeah, uh, back when I worked at the video game lab at my university, uh, one of those days when I had nothing going on, I tried it out, the first one. Mm -hmm. And it is, it, it's one of those games that's not for me, but I totally get why people find it popular. I'm not yeah. into... Uh, beat em ups and I'm not into gratuitous eye candy, so that's that's two swings and a miss right off the bat. Well, they're making a mode for you. Huh? I thought it was funny. That's, yeah. that's that's something good to say about it, right? Yeah. They're making a mode especially for you then, where they call it uh naive angel mode, I guess. It says following this is from Destructoid, following Nintendo's release date announcement, Platinum had a tweet of their own to showcase Bayonetta 3 optional mode, a toggle actually. It's called Naive Angel Mode, 
And here's what the developer has to say about it. It says, relax, the witch is back and sexier than ever. We've added the revolutionary naive angel mode to Bayonetta 3 so more people can fully enjoy it. By turning it on, you can play the game in the living room without having to worry about what's on screen, we think. And basically what it does is it gets rid of that gratuitous eye candy. Right? Does that make At you want to play the game? No, it doesn't make me want to play the game, but I, I, I mean, I, I guess that's a smart call. I guess. I mean, I put in the and, notes that it's it's making it unplayable, and obviously that's a joke. But uh, part of those, the appeal of those games was just the mass amount of gratuitous eye candy. Yeah, I think that's what I was trying to find the right words to say. Is I, I kind of figured that was sort of like a part of the brand marketing for it. I thought that was a part of its identity was this game horny yeah yeah and that i mean maybe some of the outfits i don't know what they're gonna do is she just gonna like dress up as a nun in the naive angel mode what what exactly there's a a tweet that shows like a description of it with it on and off and it looks like it's just gonna be like putting sensor bars over the fun bits like really dramatically um i I admit i didn't actually watch the trailer let me see. Oh, okay. Oh, so no, yes. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. They just they're adding in additional aspects to the costume that cover up more, basically. Yeah, it's it keeps her clothes on instead of making it turn off when turn off. Like it's hair or something like that, if I recall correctly. Yeah. And she turns into like living what it's well, it's not for me. It's, la- it's later look at this at, at twenty seven. Uh twenty seven seconds. It'll show okay, you exactly. It, it makes the bosses like horny too. Yeah, yeah. So it puts it, more. It's more closed mode. Well, yeah, and and they do that in games all the time. They've done it for decades. Where they'll but they'll put censorship in games, uh, especially when they're coming out to the West from Japan, and they're like, oh, we need to get rid of this, and we need to you know make this character less sexy, or we need to, uh, we can't have any biblical references in the game. So like all the churches change to like. I don't know, uh, nurseries or they're something. They're all malls. Else. Yeah, they're all malls. Shopping malls. Um, so yeah, they're making Bayonetta 3 uh, completely unplayable. Don't buy it. Uh, I, I, I wasn't going to buy it anyways. I would not be surprised if this wasn't a decision made by like Nintendo of America. When they saw the, the, popularity, the, the, the popularity and the demand for this game, if they didn't have a little private business meeting, like, listen, we know we want to make money together, but uh, we 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 have a lot of children who have these products. Can can you give them a way to get money from them too? Um, but apparently, Bayonetta's clothes are from her hair. Yes. So technically speaking, this mode is making her hairier. Uh. Yeah, her, but not necessarily the bosses. Yeah, I don't care. I, I mean, I'm not. I've never played any of the Bayonetta games. I just thought that that it was funny that they're adding in a more censorship mode or less horny mode. Uh, I I wish Aroa was here because I don't see these games as anything other than horny devil may cry. Yeah, exactly. And and Aroa is uh, the only person I know that plays these games. Maybe maybe my friend Durga does, but. I know that Oroa has like an obsession with these games. So hopefully in a couple of weeks, we'll have some more 
we'll have a row of talking about Bayonetta 3. But we're going to move on and we're going to talk about CD Projekt Red, one of our favorite developer. How um, the mighty have fallen. Yeah, so they made Witcher 3. Well, they made, they made the Witcher series, which I've played uh, 1 and 2 a little bit. And I hated the combat in 1. Did you did you ever play Witcher 1? I played all three of them and I hate all three of them. Oh. I I played one one and two, did not care for either of them. Uh neither and, of them have aged well at all. Like no. I, I get that they were pretty respectable for their times. Going back to them is a uphill struggle. Yeah. And then Halo three I played or I'm sorry, Witcher Halo. three. Halo three. Uh no, Witcher three I played, and that game was the best of the bunch. Um, I got still not pretty, great. yeah, I got pretty bored of it pretty quickly, but it is it is not a terrible game. I, I would say it's pretty good. Uh, Story was amazing, and the the combat was Dark Souls level boring. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it was slightly better combat than Dark Souls, but that's that's me. Uh, and then they're like, we're gonna release a first person shooter game called Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and and all of us got hyped about it. Um. And it was, I think it was okay. I think it was, I played it on PC though, and the PC had the least amount of bugs. It and, was the one that got updated the most frequently. Yeah, and so I, th- I thought it was pretty okay, and, and I, I, liked, I liked it. I still uh, have it on my hard drive. The, the idea is one day this game will be fixed. Yeah, and apparently not a lot of other people liked it because they, the PS4 and the Xbox One versions were terrible. Just I don't know why they didn't push those versions back by six months, uh, which Money. they definitely should have done. Uh, and then the PS5 and the uh, Xbox Series versions were okay, uh, but apparently their bank account is not, and their stock is worth 25% or one-fourth of what it was when the game first released. Which is really, really bad. Yeah, that's not a good place to be from an investment perspective. Yeah, this is from Eurogamer. It says, CD Projekt, the publisher behind CD Projekt Red... Wait. CD Projekt is the publisher of the studio CD Projekt Red. (sighs) I hate names. Developer of the Witcher games and, of course, Cyberpunk 2077 has seen its share of value plummet by over 75%. That's according to Business Insider Poland which says that the disastrous launch of Cyberpunk 2077 wiped out the value of the then most valuable games company in Europe from over 40 billion Polish zlotsy. Zlotsy? Uh, That's around 7.11 billion pounds? That is uh, pounds, yes. I I don't know how to say the the, the Polish currency, though. Zlotsy? It's less than... 110 billion uh, Zlotsy uh, is, is what it's worth now. So it's, it was worth 40 billion Zlotsy, and now it's worth, I'm sorry, 10 billion Zlotsy, um, or around 1.77 billion euro. Or is that pounds? I think that's, it's Eurogamer, so I'm assuming it's euro. Um, so it is worth, can you look up how much 1.77 billion euro is in United States dollars? Yes, I actually just had a, a relevant tab up. I, I had to look it up. It's Zloty, and it stands for gold. Zloty, okay. 
Could you repeat that number for me? I had to go away from 1. that. 1.77 billion. 1. 7. Yeah. yeah. One second. And it was 7.11 billion before. So we can get it. We can get it because we're Americans. We need to get a sense. Of, I know the euro and the dollar are about equal right now. Uh, um, yeah, currently, like right now, it's 1.78. So yeah. that's not much of a difference at all. Mm hmm. Um, the, the drop in the, the drop in CD project reds value while still remaining one of Poland's most valuable companies reportedly takes it back to a value last seen around 2017. That means that dying light developer Techland, which is also based in Poland and thought to be worth around 1.6 billion Polish Zloty, uh, is now seemingly worth more and continues to increase in value. Thanks to the release of dying light to stay human which we spoke about earlier. Um, so it looks like while, yeah, it looks that uh, Techland is technically more valuable than CD Projekt Red or CD Projekt, which is shocking considering uh, they own GOG. They, That's not that shocking. I mean, you would think that like that would be a money mill for them, right? But... Guess I mean, they, they specifically sell discount game. Well, not discount, but like legacy stuff. Well, I, and that's the problem, right? Like uh, people like you and me are very interested in that market. Not necessarily well, everybody else is. Well, that's what I. That's what I was going to get at. GOG used to be good old games, right? And then they 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 like WWE. So WWE used to stand for World Wrestling Entertainment, and now it just stands for WWE. I know it's dumb. And the reason they made that change was because they wanted to shift their focus so that they're still going to sell those old games, but they wanted to appeal to a more mass market audience with newer games. And so they are, they're like Steam now or, or Green Man Gaming or something where they are selling newer games as well. And uh, I think a lot of that stigma that people have of, oh, it's, it's, GOG, it's good old games. They're only selling old games. Might hurt it uh, for for things like this. And when you buy uh, Cyberpunk 2077 or any of their other games on GOG, 100% of that money goes to CD Projekt Red or CD Projekt. Uh, so it, you would think that you know doing that would make it very profitable for them. But apparently... Cyberpunk 2077, while it still sold gangbusters, in my opinion, they, they did not sell as many as they would like to you know, make their value go up. Uh, they sold plenty of copies. They just didn't stay sold. <laughs> yeah, they refunded a lot of copies, too. But I, I, I don't know. Do you think that they're going to recover from this? I assume they will. So, and I don't mean to be bleak here, but I think there's a lot of shit going on in the world right now, in particular that's like on the front doorstep of these developing houses. Yeah. That it's really hard to be like, how do you think they'll be in five years? It's like, well, they could prosper or they could be a crater. Roll the dice. Yeah, yeah. It, I assume that they're going to be fine. Like the Witcher that's, games. That's a big assumption. The Witcher games are still selling pretty well. Um,. You know they're they're constantly on discounts and stuff, and and they're still a very very popular franchise. Uh, see, 
Cyberpunk 2077, it's still doing pretty well. It's, it's, it's well. I think it's still selling copies. Um, and, and it's in a good state right now. Like, they've got to the point where uh, Cyberpunk 2077 doesn't really have as, that many bugs in it. And, and even the PS4 and the Xbox One versions are somewhat playable now. So also, I, before we diverge from this topic, it is worth mentioning if you are interested in playing Cyberpunk on the PC, they have just about gotten this game where it was supposed to be based off like developer testimony and ads and stuff like that. Yeah. With community developed mods. But yeah. if you're going to play a game like this, PC is sort of the penultimate decision. Like it's it's the one that you're gonna want to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, get it on PC if you have a computer that can run it. If you if don't, you can, that's yeah. the way to go. If not, I think it's still worth playing. I enjoyed it, bugs yeah. and all. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so they've got those games, and I'm sure they're working on something else to release. I, you know, a studio like that doesn't just release a game and doesn't have and not have something lined up that they want to do after Cyberpunk. The Witcher Four. Uh, I think the Witcher story's over, isn't it? Um, I can always make another. Let's see. Let's see if uh, CD Projekt Red. The Witcher Andromeda. Uh, let me see if they're if they have any. The Witcher Resurrection. The Project Red is working on multiple unannounced projects alongside the next Witcher. Okay. The Witcher 2000. I'm just going to keep on saying notoriously bad fourth versions until we proceed. Uh, what's another one that... So The Witcher 2000. Oh, The New Witcher. That's always a, a good one where they yeah. add new to it. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, we're going to move on. We're going to talk about our last story of the day, of the day and the week. Um, and that is Halo Infinite Co-op. It's finally released, kind of. Kinda. Kinda. A little bit. So it was supposed to be released months ago, right? Like the, uh-huh. the co-op? And then they pushed that back because uh, they were having some issues with synchronization, if I recall correctly. Yeah. And then they're like, well, it, it'll be around, you know, July-ish or something. And we're like, okay, we'll wait until then. Because I have yet to play through the story because I will not play through that story without it being co-op. I, I have some thoughts about that. We'll wait till the end of the article. Okay. And then they're finally releasing it as a test. Um, so it says here, it says the Halo Infinite campaign network co-op flight is live. Also featuring mission replay. Be sure to squat up with your friends in this early access build and take on the Banish together. We'll see you on Zeta Halo. Um, but but notice that it's a, it's a test flight and it only is available until August 1st to do co-op. It's early access and your data gets wiped. So what what are your thoughts on this? I am I I I have the exact same opinion I have when it first came out, I guess. Where the fuck is the co-op? It's yeah. Halo. I I I Who plays I, Halo I, without playing co-op? That's I mean, yes, I've I've played all of them solo, but I've had a lot more fun playing with like good core memories with video games playing Halo, whether it's online or whether it's the campaign. But yeah, not releasing 
without Cam, what are you doing? Uh, I almost said Bungie. What are you doing, 343 Studios? That running out be... of ammo. Running out of ammo and then being like, all right, I'm going to run in there and get killed so I have ammo in my assault rifle. All right, we're on legendary mode, so I'm going to run out and uh, sacrifice myself. You're going to pick off one or two of them in that time. We are going to wash, wince, and repeat until we can leave this hallway. Yeah, and then do it to the next hallway. Um, get in the warthog. We're throwing grenades in the back of it. And when we when we play through Halo, uh, Halo Infinite Co-op, when it finally comes out, we're probably going to play on Heroic, I would imagine. How far did we get in our Halo? We, we were supposed to play through all of them. I still have not played through the last Halo game at all in the we, Master Chief Collection, Halo we 4. We played one. Did we play two? I well, think okay. we did... <clears throat> I don't remember. Did we? I think we did Reach, and then we did one. Did we and do two? I don't think we did two. We got to do that sometime, man. Two and Play, three. Finding time to play video games is hard. It is. Well, I mean, I play them three days, three hours a day, but it, it's getting you to play them with me because apparently you live in a different time zone. Oh yeah, time is dumb. Yeah, time's dumb. We should we should make that not invented anymore. Anyway, uh, yeah. So Halo Infinite campaign. Co-op is not fully released yet, and even if we did want to play it, if we played it uh, and we didn't finish it by August 1st, all of that would get deleted anyway. So we've got to wait. I'm assuming it's going to be released in before the end of the year, but we'll, we'll, we'll see, I guess. Uh, I want to thank you for being here, Connor. Oh, that, that's it. oh, oh I end. was here. It was the end. And, and uh, I'll be... Uh, we'll be back next week. I'll, I'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.